Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the final episode of season 15 of Married at First Sight, episode 20. Hello, Aid. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. We made it to the end, even though it doesn't feel like the end, but it is. It is the end. I don't think we'll be seeing these people unless they bring back couple scam. <laughs> That's dead and gone. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> now, guys, even though this was the official last episode, we are still going to have episodes going on, except during the week of Christmas. So, yay, we're excited. Um, a, do you want to share what we're going to be giving the people? So next week, right here where you're listening, um, we will have Family Karma because we asked you guys for suggestions and many of you recommended Family Karma. And this season started with the wedding, so it was appropriate. Yes. Uh, so, we'll, so we will be talking about Family Karma. And then on Patreon, we did Love is Blind, that posted this week. And then next week, we will be doing 90 Day Fiance. So you can also have more stuff if you go to our Patreon. Yes, everybody's going to be eating good this holiday season. Patrons and our regular listeners, we love you all all the same. Thank you. Tane, what is happening in Mapsland? We have big news this week. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, first of all, before we go to the big news, I wanted to say because it's the last episode, everyone, everyone's Instagram is open. So I'm just sitting around waiting to see who's accepting our request, who's open, who's everything. So we got people. We don't have Alexis yet. We have Nate. We have Ben. We have Morgan. We have Kristen. And we have Justin. <laughs> so <laughs> I laughed when Justin accepted. And my husband's like, he's going to see all the shit you talked about him. I'm like, eh, he's not the first. <laughs> so and we're not the only. <laughs> we're not the only. I'm sure they used to it by now. But um, yeah, but Nate is already not begging, but honestly, he's begging people to follow him on his YouTube. Thank you for the kind DMs. I'm sure you have questions, but, you know, subscribe to my YouTube and I'll answer everything there. And I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> his own YouTube, not his joint YouTube with Stasha. Ah, it's very sus. Very, <laughs> very sus. I don't know. I don't know if this two are together. But anyways, like Aid said. Big, bigger news was Olajuwon and Katina, after one year of loving each other, have split and have asked us to respect their privacy. Like, you know, divorce is bad. I'm sure it's painful and it's not a good thing. But y'all, y'all out there on our socials, y'all did not miss words. Everyone was just like... It took too long. What took her this long? Good for her. She deserves better. There was not... A nice word to be said about a lunch. <laughs> there isn't. I just thought to myself, when someone gets an engagement ring and says, after all you put me through, <laughs> this was the only conclusion. I'm just glad it only took one year. I wish it had been quicker. Oh, man. I mean, he put something in his stories where he put a heartbreak, like his 100% heartbroken. But, I mean, that explains why they moved <laughs> now. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Apparently, they haven't been posting pictures together. It's one of those things. If you're not thinking about it, you just don't know. But honestly, the whole respect our privacy and put out a statement, everyone should just move like Amelia and Bennett. It's like it never happened. Like, 
this woman is posting pictures of her new boyfriend and all that. I have to check myself. Like she got married, right? Or married at first sight. Just don't say anything. Uh, uh, It's your own life. You can live it how you want to. Yeah. Which may or may not be the route Miles and Karen are getting. It's funny because Mass Fan put out the thing of couples that are still together. And there was a big old question mark by Karen and Miles because no one knows. It's not our business. We like to know, but yeah. Um, I waited and waited. And finally, we find out that Beth and Jamie moved to Denver, Colorado. Okay. Okay, place. I've been there. It is. It's all right. It's cold. (laughs) There's snow. Sorry. I didn't go when it was cold, but the air is definitely different. It's it's cleaner. You can literally breathe that. It's cleaner (laughs) when you take a breath. Um, I, I don't know if I'm surprised. There was another time when they were still in California where they were talking about different places to move. And Colorado was one of the places that they mentioned. And Beth mentioned interest in getting into the weed business. So interesting to see if they go that route. I still can't tell if they got a house or an apartment and if they rented or bought. But they're in Colorado and it's cold. Um, Mark the Shark is officially divorced. And calling me surprised because I thought when they did their Where Are They Now, there was a whole scene at our office. And I thought it was finalized then, but I guess not. No, I mean, it gets finalized when a judge says you're divorced, depending on the state. But I think that might be true in all 50 states. Yeah, but I thought that was the whole shebang that they went through and they just went to the office to say, yay, we're done. But I read that all completely wrong. You believed what you were told? (laughs) (laughs) i'm like was there really a prenup or did they just tell us about one um vince from the atlanta season has gone into a new career and he is now in real estate okay yay vince that was not the time but okay that was my thought but i'm like yay vince (laughs) good luck to them <laughs> and, and that um that was one thing i mean that's pretty much all i have for them um a few weeks back i think aid you had asked a question about if anyone actually pays for a subscription you know with all like influencers and people having paid subscription on yes, their IG. Yeah. Yes. And we had a listener, T Mob, respond and give an example with Taylor Hale. If you guys remember, I spoke about her um, being the first a black woman to win Big Brother in 24 seasons. So she said her public IG, um, there's a lot of racist attacks, which she's gotten from the show and everything, and a lot of slut shaming and all that. So for her mental health, like having subscriber only IG lives and posts for personal things helps her to filter out a lot of trolls. And that's the only example that she has where she's seen that the subscriber model is kind of helpful for that. I think that's great. Yeah. I think that's great. I would say the only thing there is, I feel like um, those crazy people will pay to come and abuse you. She's still getting her coins, so that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Get paid, Taylor. So that's about it. Um, the only other thing I wanted to add, Aid, I don't know, I think, I honestly, when we speak, I don't know if it's like during the recording, off air, everything is blurring for me, sorry, but I told you that I got microblading this week, 
We had that yeah. conversation? Yes, okay. I did. So let me share with the let me share with the listeners that how did I find who was gonna do it? I wasn't sure who I was gonna use, and the only recommendation I had seen was in Maryland, which is kind of like a drive for me, and I was looking for someone closer. And I'm doing on Instagram and I see that Taylor from DC post somebody and they happen to be close to me, and I'm like, sure, why not? If it's good enough for Taylor, it's good enough for me. Because she likes the finer things in life. So I hopped on over, there was an appointment and I got that done and I'm just trying to make conversation and find out what the connection is. And she's just like, yeah, did she just message her and told her to post about it and promo and she's such a sweet person and she's really nice. And I was like, yeah, she really hates the show. And she's like, yeah, but she mentioned something where it was like that scene that's everywhere where she's like, we're the good men and she's married that at that point they weren't even filming at all that he was just showing up like when he had like filming dates, but they weren't seeing each other outside of that. He wasn't showing up and was like, you know, he was just not in a good place, but they didn't mention any of that, that they were basically split up, but they just kind of pieced things together to make it seem like she was just being disrespectful to their marriage. So that was just my only nugget <laughs> that I got out of it. That was a good nugget. And it reminded us, and I remember Brett from, um, What's that place? New Orleans. Said it. <laughs> he said um, that they signed a contract that says that the story can be portrayed however the producers want. And it doesn't, I think it probably even says in that contract that it doesn't have to be factual. Factual? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. they told us a story and I'm not going to lie, I believed it. But it's like, okay, I get that it's a technicality. But why did she go make that video? Because she definitely made it while they were still filming. They were still on the show. Yeah. So why? Even if they were broken up. Was that a really a great move, Taylor? No wonder they made you look bad. Because they were like, what is she doing? She's messing with our show. Yeah. Like we said when we did the Love is Blind Patreon, the producers will always tell you what side they're on. Like, I think it's just human nature <laughs> to kind of express your annoyance or your happiness with your talent. But again, I think, you know, when you're so frustrated in a situation... And you forget about the cameras and you just live in your life and that won't slip up. You forget that the cameras are going to pick it up. So, um, yeah. Um, how are we feeling about the Where Are They Now episode? I enjoyed it 10 times more than I thought I would. <laughs> I did too. I did too. The one thing we've said about San Diego, they have their own flavor. So they have their own form of entertainment. So I still don't think it should have been two hours, but... Um, I think it was entertaining. And we will dive right into the episode right after this break. They say time waits for no one, and neither should payday. To keep your money moving in the direction of your dreams, get Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. You can use the money you get from Earnin to make sure you have your spending money ready for your fun spring break trips to the beach. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over 3.5 million customers who say things like, When I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earn In today. That's spelled E A R N I N 
in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Alto Call on the podcast because when you sign up, it'll really help the show. That's Alto Call on the podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max, see earning.com slash TOS for details. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like a lime margarita and a grapefruit paloma, which happens to be my favorite, so you can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% off the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash altocallmafs. Each can of Recess is a lightly sparkling mocktail made with real fruit and only 25 calories or less. It's a guilt-free way to unwind. They taste just like your favorite cocktails, without the alcohol. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess Mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash altercallmafs. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Okay. Now, before we get into the episode, um, Mass Fan did post um, the timeline of filming this season. So the weddings happened in February, early February. Decision Day happened in April. Um, the reunion was in August, and the Where Are They Now was filmed the end of August, mid-September. So I think that kind of flows with the timeline that we had in mind, I believe. It is. It's just very interesting to me that they have to film the Where Are They Now when they haven't even seen the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the other, you know, there was a lot of timeline questions that I had throughout the whole thing, but we'll talk about it as we get into it. So we start with Miguel and Lindy, who I actually think had the least amount of content. <laughs> this is where they know, like, we don't want you happy. Get out of here. Um, <laughs> Lindy says they've been married for a while and they know each other better now. And I'm like, oh, sweetie, five months. That's not a while. Like, you know, stay in your bliss, but that's not a while. So they're retaking their wedding photos and they're taking it at the beach by the water and their seals. I was actually going to give them shit about redoing their wedding photos. I was like, you already have wedding photos. Then I remembered that San Diego had one of the ugliest, if not the ugliest photos that we've seen through the seasons. Uh, We did say that. We said that their fake photos, their original photos were very ugly because of all oh, the tree and just the randomness of it. I mean, I think of everybody, Lindy and Miguel had some of the nicest, but their justification for taking new wedding pictures made perfect sense to me. They yep. were strangers. And you know what? <laughs> Your wedding dress, you usually only get to wear it one time. Go on ahead and find a second opportunity. <laughs> no, so the reason why I thought that is like, even though they're strangers and it seems awkward, I don't know, they get photographers that actually produce nice photos for the masked couples, I think, at least. But the background was trash. But these ones seem nice. I liked it, especially when she got that wave when the water came behind. I was like, okay, that was pretty. So the photographer was very nice. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed very pleasant. <laughs> um, 
So they're done and they rehash the whole wedding and their whole journey with a picnic type setting. They give themselves praise for working hard and making it to the end, yada, yada, yada. Lindy says that she loves living at his place, but she's interested in looking at houses to see what's in their price range. You know, y'all, Miguel is not a good actor. So this is clearly a storyline. He's like, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. And he's just going along with it because they, they're not ready to buy a house. But Miguel says he's more free-spirited and is it really that pressing? And Lindy says that his place is small and she wants to feel like they're setting down roots. Miguel says he doesn't think it's a necessity, but she can go ahead and take the lead on it and he'll play along. <laughs> then we move on to Alexis and Kristen. Kristen meets up with Alexis and is all, Hey, we're single gals now. It feels great for us. Play. Alexis. <laughs> Again. I know, you know, you and Ali love Kristen. I just, Kristen, I just, you know, I just don't connect with her. <laughs> she just is like, you know, when Raven and Love is Blind was like for Nancy, she's like, she's someone you see, you're like, hey, but then you don't want to see them say hi at the grocery store. I think that's how I feel about Kristen. <laughs> she's so I like her, she's but like she, her, her fatal flaw and the reason why I was laughing is that she always has to like sell you too much. Yes. So when she meets up with Alexis, she's like, we're so wonderfully single. <laughs> I love that for us. <laughs> so I don't know what to do with all of that. I was like, are you one of those toxic positivity? I don't know what to do with that energy. But um, Alexis says she wants to pause and reflect on what she learned while being married. And Kristen said she doesn't want um, DMs. She just wants to be married because she's been getting DMs. And then she reads out her DMs. And there's someone that said that they think that she got the short end of the straw, even though it's not plastic. Ha ha. So this was my first question. What was the timing of this, that this person already knew that she got the short end of the straw? And weren't their profiles still locked? Like, how, how does this work? The whole time. Because, you know, they do other stuff. I'm like, are all these people signing NDAs? Every last person who they date has to attest to the fact that they cannot say anything until the show is over. Yeah. It's all very suspect. And you said in that timeline that they shot in September. Decision Day was in October. Really? I'm sorry. The airing of Decision Day was in October. Okay. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Is like, so how did they know? That she got the shirt. Like, I don't know. It's just well, very wonky. I think the DMs start before decision day in the sense that like people are already shooting their shot, I guess, just in case. Like they don't know whether she said yes or no on decision day, but they've already decided Mitch sucks and they're like, okay, let me try. But can you send a DM to a locked account? Yes. If you don't follow them? Uh-huh. Oh. I'm not very versed in IG. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Okay. Um, Alexis reads hers as well. And Kristen says that right after decision day, she was in no headspace to date, but now her guard is back up and maps taught her where her line is and not to accept below it. <laughs> what a joke. I don't think she learned it. Alexis asks about her relationship with Mitch and she said they haven't spoken since the reunion. There's no animosity, but she doesn't think they need to be friends. Alexis says Justin has called and he asked for advice and thanked her for regulating his emotions per usual and the producers flashback to the reunion and her telling him to take a breath and don't worry about it. She says that when all that happened during the reunion, that she was desensitized to it. 
that for her, it was just normal. That people get to see the crying side of him, but on the other side of it is that he has a rage, which she has experienced. Which is, that's not cool. <laughs> She's like used to seeing that. But I also find that Alexis is good with words. So I don't know. Do you, well... Yes. Okay. I was unsure if I would interpret a lot of what Justin does as rages, but they are. They are. They are. I, no, I believe her on this end. I think that, yes, that on the other side of it, because when he yells at her and when he does that, but in another way where Alexis is good with words, she's always like, you know, antagonizing, like with the jokes or whatever. She's not yelling, but you're saying things and she knows that Justin does not to regulate, not blaming her by any means, but I think, yeah, it's rage. So she says she has no interest in anything with Justin. Kristen shares that she got a promotion and she's moving to New York City. But when we were at the reunion, it sounded like she was just on a temporary stint. But based on the where are they now, it sounded like this is a permanent move. I felt like the whole thing was a lie and that they told her not to say at the reunion that she had already moved to New York because the storyline was going to be that she was moving to New York. Now, this only occurred to me after I was done watching. Maybe you remember. Did we ever see Kristen's apartment in this episode? No. No, she went to visit Nate and that's it. And everything else was outdoors. Now, I, I, I'm, that's my, there we go. Because in the, in the reunion, it was kind of strange how she's like, I've been spending a lot of time in New York without saying I have moved to New York. <laughs> because they knew the storyline for the where are they now was we all have to get together because Kristen's moving to New York. And I just, you know... Last year, Lindsay moved and she just flew back and she was, I mean, I, I don't understand all these shenanigans to create a fake storyline. Yeah, she could have just said that and then it'll track with the timeline. Yeah. So she says she's excited to be closer to her family on the East Coast and Alexis asks her thoughts on dating in New York. I don't know. Kristen says some babble like, it doesn't matter. It's about your intention, your open-mindedness, your boundaries. And they just ask your thoughts of dating in New York. I don't know where all this came from she says her birthday is also coming up and she wants to have a last hurrah and doesn't want to end things the way that it did at the reunion alexis says she's apprehensive but Kristen said it would be worse if they exclude anyone and i'm like all of this acting when the whole premise of the show is for all of them to show up like <laughs> i like how they get to congratulate themselves for being such lovely people to invite people that they don't even like. And we all know you're contractually obligated. <laughs> so Alexis says she won't be upset if they don't show up. But yeah, let's extend an invite to everyone. I will say this. Alexis and Kristen's relationship does seem very genuine. And like they really do enjoy each other's um, company. I enjoy them together. Stasha's mom shows up at her house and aid, you might be right, because there was an actual refrigerator, not the little refrigerator that we saw. Um, it was the same door, but I mean, they all look the same because it's a model. But her mom asks if she's going to have get togethers and Stasha is like, huh, why would I have those? Who am I going to invite? I'm like, you don't have friends? Like, what kind of question is that? And her mom is like, your sister, your brother, Nate. And I'm like, no, for real. She doesn't have friends. Why are we going? <laughs> and why would you invite your husband over for get together? It's like, the way they set up this conversation, it was very bad. It was very, very bad. 
man, they did not do well with the fake storylines in this episode. Stasha says Nate is not here. And she just randomly changes the subject and is like, yeah, I changed my hair. Her hair is blondish. I don't know that it agrees with her. I didn't really quite like it. I prefer her darker hair. Um, and then she tells her mom that, yeah, she asked Nate for a separation or a divorce. Her mom is like, okay, which one? Because it's not the same thing. And she's like, I don't know that she came in wanting to move at a faster pace. And she doesn't understand why anyone will come to the process and move at a slow pace. And a mama coming through with the sense is like, well, Stasha, you have to realize that your pace is a lot different than normal paces. And she says, Stasha knows what she wants and goes after it. And a lot of people aren't there. And Stasha is like, so I should stay with someone who's not there and then be anchored down. Again, when you know the person you birthed, mama says you can interpret it as anchored down or you could call it helping to develop your relationship. She says, well, I did everything. And after decision day, I moved all my stuff into his studio. And we did that for a while until he told me to leave because he needed space. And I'm like, damn, if he really did that, that's kind of cold. <laughs> um, and she was like, that was two weeks ago. And she hasn't seen him since then. And she says that she feels that he's still closed. Her mom was like, well, how would you feel if I tell you that Nate called me? And he said that he loves you and he feels hopeless. And she told him that relationships are work and it's good work because the benefit at the end is awesome. She told him that he needs to put the work in if he wants to be married, but she does slide in for her child. At the end of the day, I just want you to be happy. And Sasha is like, yeah, that's all well and good. I just don't want to be alone in marriage. Thoughts? I mean, didn't we say it last, <laughs> last week that the two of them were not long of this world? So this was just evidence to me that the two of them are having the same issues, having the same arguments. The story changes, though, because we're going back and forth, and now I moved all my stuff to the studio. Like, I, I don't know what they're saying. I do know that I like Stasha's mom very much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then Mitch and Justin show up. Justin shows up with Maya again. Yay! Congratulations, Justin reunited with Maya. And it looks like they're doing cleanups, but it also looked like they cleaned up for five seconds and then they sat down. And Mitch mentions that he moved out after the divorce and moved in with a friend down the street to save money. And Justin's like, good for you, man. You know, I'm jealous. You're saving money. Um, I don't know why I added that, but I don't know. <laughs> he says he's not dating, but he asked some girls out and they didn't say yes. Justin says... <laughs> also don't know why he added that, but okay. <laughs> Justin says he has not been in contact with Alexis, even though Alexis says that he has, and he called to thank her. And they're still having constant issues. I'm like, how can you have constant issues with someone you're no longer with? So he said that she pretty much told the world that he couldn't get it up, and they played the after-party clip. He's not wrong. That's how we interpreted it, even though afterwards we were like, maybe manifest meant something else. Um, clearly, I don't know why Justin chose to confirm this. <laughs> exactly because she did leave it vague. He could have been anything. Leave it vague. I was. I said. I think more than once that maybe it was that, or maybe it was something else. But he just confirmed our suspicions, and then is mad. Everybody knows. <laughs> who told Justin? Who told? So clearly, that episode just aired because it's so fresh in Justin's mind. <laughs> Um, he says that she's inappropriate, she's disrespectful, he's not in a good space. Once again, 
unfortunately, they have to sign this contract. I don't know how these people still agree to film afterwards. Most of them have such disdain for the process <laughs> that I can imagine just counting down to being free from this situation. And then you have to do one more months after you've already decided, especially if you decided not to stay together. I, I don't know if I could muster, muster it in me to do it again. I, I just, I do want, sorry, I want to go back a little bit. La- okay, we know that this was filmed when they had seen some episodes, but not all episodes. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why the man who last week was talking about I penetrated is, and I get that, you know, erectile dysfunction is not the same as I penetrated. But at the same time, it's like the TMI that Justin and Alexis are used to providing us. And I just feel like, why are you on your high horse when last week you were talking about I penetrated? Well, he hasn't seen the clip. I just I just have a feeling it aired that week. And also, it makes me view the whole penetrated thing. I'm sorry, guys, that you have to hear the word penetration this many times. It feels worse saying it. But it makes me view penetration gate differently. Because now it feels like he's just so happy that he got it up and put it in one time. Because Alexis kept saying, if you want to call it that, I wouldn't say that that happened. And he's just like, well, I penetrated it just seems like he's just happy that he got it in, maybe did two things, because she was like that one other episode where she's like, how about your thrust? So <laughs> just like Justin, you are not helping your case at all. Um, You know, yeah, if he didn't talk about it at all, he wouldn't even have made air, but okay. Mitch says he tried to take the high road at the reunion and just not say anything. He said he's trying to find the balance of being honest and being respectful. Justin said that he is not apologizing towards his actions towards Nate, but he's sorry that Mitch had to see that side of him. And I was like, that is trash. That is terrible. You said something that is a slight to the gay community, but you are more sorry about your awful side and Mitch seeing that side of you. How trash of a human being can you be after you've had time to think about it? Uh, Justin. And poor Mitch sits there and tries to just reason with this unreasonable person. Mm-mm. And he wasn't having it. Justin says part of why he exploded was Nate kept poking. I I mean, I guess he poked by asking why he unfollowed him, but your explosion is to say you hit on me? I just, I, do, I don't get it. <laughs> is there a missing, missing, missing here? Is there something that went on with Nate and Justin that we just don't know about? And we can explore this later because, yeah, I, I felt like there was just a lot there. And I'm like, did we not see or did we not understand? Like, what is going on? Yeah. So Mitch was like, do you really think he made a pass at you? <laughs> and Justin is like, yes. And Mitch is like, I mean, the thing is, you're still saying, like, it's how he made you feel. And Justin said, yes, and I still feel that way. And we're just going to have to agree to disagree. And Mitch is like, that's fine, man. I don't want no smoke. <laughs> so Mitch, <laughs> Mitch says he wants to be on good terms with Kristen and wish her well. And, you know, they'll have a good time. Justin is like, he's excited to see the guys. He lists them one by one, except Nate. And Mitch tells us that he's excited to see everyone outside of the math's bubble. Justin says a part of him wants to apologize to the group for potentially how he made them feel with his words, but he's going back and forth and he'll see if he chops it up with Nate. All right, guys, we will be right back to discuss Nate and Kristen. 
And we're back. I did not see this coming, but they chose Kristen because her home is not properly filmable to go visit Nate. I was like, did these two have any... I was like trying to recall if they even... If I even ever saw them talk to each other this whole season. I don't think Nate got close to anyone like that. I mean, the only separation was because she brought Luna, but that was because of Stasha, not because of Nate. But Kristen claims that she came to check on Nate because she heard that they weren't doing well. And she goes to visit him, and he offers her orange juice. I don't don't think it's weird, but it was strange. I found it strange, but I'm like, why do I find that strange? And the orange juice was already on the counter. (laughs) I mean, the glasses were washed. (laughs) Okay, so... I don't know. It was probably one of those things where she asked for orange juice and then they're like, oh, ask her if she wants orange juice. And then he's like, oh, oh, these poor people, what they have to go through to make a TV show. It's acting lessons. I mean, they didn't even ask if you wanted water. Orange juice. Okay. So she asked him what's going on and Nate says, you know, we're still wearing our rings. We hit a rough patch and we had a disagreement. He feels like they're not communicating. Um, That's ironic because at the reunion... When they ask what they're doing better, they said communication. I mean, Stasha had a face, but that was what Nate said. A lot of time when she's commanding him to open up, those were his words, commanding, he gets triggered because he feels unsafe when someone is trying to pry him open. He says they both feel emotionally exhausted and he doesn't know how to approach it. He doesn't know if she wants to be with him or not because she had no emotion when she left the house after the argument. He said now he's had time to think about it. He's clear-headed, but he feels like he lost his wife and she's kind of scared that she'll turn him down if he goes after her. And Kristen, who I don't necessarily think is equipped to give advice, is like, you just have to keep trying and be persevere, like just persevere. And if she turns you down, just keep trying over and over again. I'm like, okay, thanks, Kristen. The whole thing was pointless. I don't know why Kristen went to see Nate. He could have just left a man by himself. At least give us a scene with Stasha's mom and him. You know? Miguel and Lindy fulfill all obligations and they go see a house. And Miguel says again that he's hesitant because it's outside his financial comfort zone. They see a four-bed, two-bath house. I waited for the price, but they never told us a price. This is not HGTV. Um, this is another pointless scene. They talk about the house. They start talking about a family and the timeline and how they could look down. And when the kids are hanging out with people, they'll be like, hey, watch yourself. Meaning they'll be teenagers. Like, this can't be their forever home. It's their first home together. So anyway, they decide what we all knew from the beginning, that now is not the time for them to get a house. Then we go back to Nate and Stasha. And a part of me thinks that Nate does not have a car. That's an interesting observation that Nate does not have a car. But if he lives in downtown San Diego, I don't know the public transportation situation, but yeah. And if parking is $500 a month or something crazy, (laughs) I can understand not having a car. So what made me think about this is that he shows up in an Uber. It's a Tesla. But I had to check. I was like, he came out the car, but I don't think I think he came from the passenger side in the back seat so i rewound and yes it was and then i remembered that one time they're going on a retreat or something and you asked if somebody didn't have a car or something about the women driving or something and i realized that every time they go somewhere it's tasha's car that they have so that was what made me think of it i was like i don't think this man has a car 
So Sasha opens the door and I notice that she greets him with, hey, babe. And I'm like, okay, so she's still open. He walks in with a bunch of bags and I'm like, are they gifts? Because they're in plastic bags, so maybe not gifts. And he said before they had their spat that they talked about painting together. And she's like, okay, when are we going to do it? He's like, now if you want to. And she goes to change because she was in a really nice dress. And they start painting. Two things. I was hella surprised that she was fine with painting going on in her pristine house. And they were like splashing paint on the canvas. Yes, but they did great with the plastic on the floor. They did, but it just seems like something that will put her in a tizzy. Um, I I thought it was keeping in their theme of doing crafts together. Or making guacamole or whatever. They always got to have their hands busy. (laughs) They should have done it in the garage or something. Um, Also, it looks like they both got new ink, like tattoos on there. I noticed some new ones on like Nate's elbow. Um, and also Stasha down her back, she had like some stars that I'd never noticed before. She might've had it, but I just noticed it now. So I just assumed they look like, that's another thing they have in common. I think they both enjoy tattoos. Hmm. I did not notice those. So they do their paintings. She calls hers the Black Sea and he calls his band-aids and he's like, oh, we're just painting our emotions right now. So then he asks what's up with them. And he says he wants to work things out and he has hope. He says he wants to go slow and he doesn't want to feel pressured. Um, I'm not sure why Nate wants to go slow. Um, I feel like I understand her fear, even though I feel like Sasha is making him move past his normal comfort zone. But I think her fear stems from the whole finding out that he had a girlfriend for two years. I can't remember if they lived together and he never said, I love you. And she doesn't want to be in that position. I think that's a big part of it. But my interpretation of this conversation was Nate refuses to commit to anything. So then he can't be held to anything. Hmm. He won't commit to how long he will stay at her house because if things get rough, he wants the option to leave. Yeah. Um, and I, I was like, okay, I understand Stasha's frustration now. And I really think they really need to be done or Nate needs to figure some stuff out because I, he's always looking for a way out and escape. Or I didn't want to commit too much because then I'm not too committed. Yeah. Um, I got into a, not a mini argument, but trying to explain to my husband what was happening. Cause he heard that. And I was trying to say like, no, she's pressuring him and they just can't get it together. Like they're just letting their insecurities get to each other. And he's like, honestly, if he's not feeling her by now, like the reason why he's hesitant and not opening up is because he's not feeling her. Yes, and just and then I was like, no, like he just moves like it's the past, the trauma. He's like, mm, no, everything is a vibe. Like it's either like you, you're in or you're out. So <laughs> I guess that's where they are. I think I'm just rooting for them. I just feel like they have potential. But I'm rooting should... for them. I think they have potential, but I also I don't think Nate's in it. I think he wants to be in it in a way, but yeah. uh, this episode to me, I was like, Nate's not in this. Yeah, he's not equipped. So he says he wants to live in the moment. And she says, well, you don't want to plan for the future. Um, He says it hurts his feelings that she said that she feels he signed up for mass for a relationship and not marriage. I don't think she's wrong. (laughs) So what happens is that he shuts down and it creates distance. On the flip side, Ustasha also, I feel like Ustasha gives him room to do his thing. He'll get there naturally. 
but then she's not able to give him room because he's not giving her the security. Like she wants kids. She's 37 and she needs to know I'm not wasting my time. So, oof, and I feel like part of this relationship versus marriage thing is that people in a relationship have two different houses. People in a marriage live together. Yeah. I mean, they're better than Colleen. At least they're rotating houses. <laughs> each other. So he says that she is giving him a time frame, and she says that's not true. And Nate breaks the fourth wall. This man turns to the camera and points and says, see, this is what happens. This is why she shuts down. She doesn't want to admit and she doesn't want to talk about it. And Stasha says, this is the same cycle that they deal with. And she walks away. It looks like she's walking away, but she just drops her drink. She says, no, what she's trying to say is that he shuts down for five days. Nate says that he thinks that she's being immature and deep down she's insecure and she doesn't feel the love that he has for her. Ada, I also don't think he's wrong either. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I switched more to Team Stasha, but I think he uses all these words. Okay, I feel love for you. Mm. That's great. <laughs> but I also want to escape from you at, at any given time. That doesn't make her feel secure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Now that I think about like the reason why she is feeling insecure is because you're not making her feel secure. You're not doing all you can. You, you're you doing your best. But then your best is not good. And I don't know. Only the two of them know. I don't know. So she asks if he wants to stay here longer. And he says he wants to take you day by day. They start going back and forth. And Nate is asking like, well, do you make me feel comfortable? And Nate said he wants to be there full time when... And he'll be he'll be there full time when she believes that he's in a committed relationship. The producer tries to interject because guys, again, experts, what what is that? And Stasha says, no, sorry, the producer doesn't just Stasha says like she'll believe it when she sees action. And the producer realizes that she does not have the range and she goes, I'm stepping out now. <laughs> We've never seen that before. Producer being like, I'm just I'm just gonna step out. I'm just gonna go now and do my job. This is above my pay grade. So Nate says he's here and this is an action and tells her that he wants to be here right or wrong. I hate when men corner women with that. Like, is this a yes or no? Or this is a right or wrong? Like you just, it's not, there's more nuance to that. And Sasha says, well, you're here because you had to film. <laughs> She's like, you break the fourth wall? I break the fourth wall. <laughs> and you didn't come when you weren't filming. He asks again, why am I here? And Sasha is just like, uh, because you're fighting for the marriage. He goes, good. And we're here and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I don't think Stasha is buying it. She's just like, whatever. But like I said, I feel like these two have so much potential, but they're letting their past and their insecurities get the best of them. And I don't know if they can get past it. But that leads me to a listener question. We got a listener question from Beck. Hi, Beck. And she had a question about how during the honeymoon, they talked about going on couples therapy and Nate said, yes, they get back to San Diego. He did mention setting up one-on-one counseling. And now during the where are they now? I mean, eventually at the end, we find out that they're going to their first session. And the question is what happened? Like, what do we think happened? Like they clearly need help communicating the whole time. And do we think they could have avoided having the same blow up over and over if they had just stuck with their own plan? I think therapy is great, but I actually don't think that their problem is they have communication issues. They communicate quite well. 
Nate says, I'm here today. That means I'm committed. Stasha says, are you planning to be here tomorrow? <laughs> oh, no, I can't commit to that. But I'm committed today. I, I don't, I think, I mean, therapy probably wouldn't have hurt them. But I don't think their problems come because they haven't been to enough therapy. I actually think that they do not communicate well. Because communication is not just the words. It's understanding and listening to what the other person is saying. And they always have vastly different interpretations of what the other is saying. So if they had an intermediary that gave them tools, it might have helped them with that hump, even if it's to make them arrive earlier that they're not compatible or something. I think. Okay. So we move on to Morgan and Ben. They meet at the gym and she says she wanted him to come here because he's not much of a fighter and this might awaken things in him. And moving forward, he needs to have a backbone in the relationship. How irritating is that? Very, very irritating. Because, I mean, I don't know. They just say the same things over and over again. Yeah, but it's just rude. Like, who are you? How dare you just say he needs to move forward, have a backbone? How about the things you need? So Morgan tells him that she's moving to Santa Barbara. She got done with a contract. Ben got a promotion. Once again, he tells us he's been going to therapy and unplugged from the internet. And it's been helpful for him. Um, she asked him about Nate. And Ben says, yeah, he hangs with him. And they bring up Kristen's party. They awkwardly talk about dating. Ben said his therapist told him to write a letter to his dad. And she's like, I'm so proud of you. Something about Morgan telling Ben she's proud of him just irritates me. I don't like it. I don't like it either. Like, yeah. Then they do the fighting. She gets him in a headlock. And they talk about being friends. I don't know. These people are pointless. Um, then Stasha, Alexis, and Kristen meet up outdoors. They meet up outdoors for a pole dancing class, guys. I don't, I don't know what the dress code was, but Alexis comes practically naked and she's in a top that I'm so worried. Like, is this going to hold her boobs when she pole dances? Because it's not really a top. It's half a top, half bra. Like most of her boobs you can see like an underwear. Bralette. Honestly, I want to. Wow, that seems too much. I don't even think it was because it was a halter type situation. So <laughs> that was my worry. It was just like we don't get a nip slip here. But again, it was five seconds, the lamest class ever. I'm like, how do you put a pole in the middle of a. They couldn't rent a room? It was just weird. And Kristen is so bad at it. And then she says in a confessional that she's surprising herself at how good she is at pole dancing. And I hope she was being sarcastic because I can't tell. I was paying attention to Alexis because, as y'all know, when Alexis tried pole dancing before, I was not impressed. Mm-hmm. Were you but impressed I, this time? I feel like she improved greatly. Um, she just managed to slide more without falling. But okay, I mean, a little circle thing. I mean, there was there was some coordination. Okay, I thought the instructor must have been very good. Mm, I just think we're comparing her to Kristen. <laughs> So they tell Stasha that they're going on a double date. Um, she said, um, Kristen said she got she matched with her guy in a dating app before the show, but she couldn't go because she matched and he's an attorney. Alexis said her friend hooked her up with someone and that he's used to be a model. <laughs> Stasha says that she doesn't know what's going to happen with her and Nate, that Nate lashes out and says things he doesn't mean and then apologizes. And I think that's another angle to their relationship. Nate does lash out. Like, I know, like, 
you know, he stands up for himself, but it has to be exhausting if you're always saying in a tone and you're always defensive. So she tells them what happened and that they're going to go to therapy and they're doing, they're back to doing the two weeks um, in San Diego and two weeks downtown. I don't know if that's right, but downtown in the suburbs, I guess, her house and his house. Mitch meets up with his brother and sister-in-law and he brings up the reunion. His sister-in-law says, like, you know, he had the rare opportunity to see his shortcomings and now he can work on it. Mitch says that the experience was a bit traumatizing, but he doesn't want to stay locked in his room and he saw a lot of himself at his worst and he just wants to go to the party, make sure that they're good. And he has learned from this experience that it's better to be with someone than to be alone. Every time someone asks, I, like it took me a second to clock it, but every like his sister-in-law is like, are you dating? And I'm like, is he contractually allowed to be dating? Um, why is everybody asking if people are dating when they shouldn't be dating? Because then people will know. And I know we've already covered this, but even when his sister-in-law asked, I was like, really? <laughs> I mean, they could be like Ryan. Again, he was still married and he was in a dating app in Houston. <laughs> So talking of people just going out on dates, Kristen and Alexis get ready to go on their double date together. We see them walking in. I don't remember what they were wearing. I think it was nice. Um, as they sit down and they wait for their dates to arrive, they do some strategic planning about what their icebreaker will be. But um, the date shows up before they can finish their icebreaker planning. So the Bre- this this is very bad because I thought his man's name was I thought his name was Brett. And then later on, I found out his name was Evan. <laughs> <laughs> so Evan is Kristen's date. He shows up in a pink shirt. Gregory is Alexis's date. When Gregory shows up, Alexis hugs him. And I was like, she is very comfortable with this man who she says she's never met before. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh, she seems like a flirty person. So it seemed normal. My thought was just like, I thought she asked for a tall person. He's not tall. And not cute. And he can't be a model. I thought he was cute. Um, (laughs) He and Alexis are very flirty. And he tells Alexis he likes what he sees. And then they have a pointless discussion about how much the looks play into dating situations. Um, Evan tries to wiggle his way out. But basically, he's like, looks are very important. Gregory tries to say 75%. By this time, we realize that Kristen and Evan have no chemistry. The man <laughs> barely talks. He's not giving much. Meanwhile, Gregory and Alexis are in much better shape. Um, they then decide to talk about marriage. These are all like really terrible first date topics, by the way. It just seemed like the first date topics were to talk about the show that they're on. And I'm like, I, I get it. We're, we're all here for a TV show. Um <laughs> It sounds like Gregory would like to be with someone who would talk him into getting married. <laughs> I'm like, uh, a little bit of a red flag if you're Alexis and you say that you want to be married. But Alexis doesn't care because she thinks he's cute. Yeah. <laughs> and then Kristen, I think she thinks this stuff is funny, but it's just not cute. So she wants to talk about single-use plastics. Of course these guys have no idea why they're talking about single-use plastics. And it's almost like, why don't I bring my husband of ex-husband of eight weeks into my new date why bring my baggage (laughs) uh 
the Evan says he doesn't drink coffee and this is a big scandal. Um, Kristen recognizes that there's no chemistry between her and Evan because she says in an interview that she likes him, but he doesn't knock her socks off and there's more out there. She wants him to open up. Someone you just met. She wants more jokes. <laughs> I mean, I was with her. He was like a wet fish. But what if he was nervous? It's a first date. You're on camera. It's a double date. It's a lot. Um, yes. All of the above. I doubt she saw his true personality. Um, but, I mean, he seemed to have no personality. It didn't look fun. I mean, at the end, just anyway. <laughs> at the end, they all cheers to a first date. Next up are Nate and Stasha cooking at his house. They toast to being under one roof. Can I say something? I don't know if you noticed, but did you notice that Nate bulked up? I wasn't sure. But in this scene, I was like, I don't know what he did in how many months, but I feel like he was a little bit lanky during the season. But here, he put on a bit of muscle. His arms were definitely bigger. Oh, I had not noticed. Okay. Um, Stasha says that while they got into bad moments, it feels delightful to make progress. I don't call this progress. Do you call this progress? Yes, because I think they're comparing it to when they had the fight and they didn't speak for two weeks and we're not seeing each other at all. But now they're back to doing things together. Okay. Hopefully well, not for the re- not for the reason of filming. <laughs> uh, you may call that progress. I call it just going back to your old patterns. <laughs> <laughs> now you're together instead of apart. Okay. Nate says that once they get past their blind spots, they can communicate better. And Stasha mentions that they're stubborn and they don't want to actively listen to each other. And Nate claims that a change has been made because they're putting themselves in each other's shoes and deeper understanding of what they actually need. And then he says, taking it day by day and hoping something clicks because he is unwilling to commit to the future. Um, They sit down and eat, and Stasha asks how he feels about seeing Justin at Kristen's party. And, you know, he says what Justin did at the reunion, trying to embarrass him on national TV. And he asks Stasha for advice, and she says, keep your cool and walk away. (laughs) Uh, Next up is the topic of discussion, Justin himself. He's meeting up with Alexis in a park. And in the part before they meet up, Justin says Alexis wanted to meet up. But then when we see them, Alexis is on her phone and appears that she would like to be anywhere else but here. And I I was like, I feel like they cut out a lot of something. Really? It was very strange. They were both standing there. And there was a, seemed to be a lot of like negative feelings. Alexis was on her phone the whole time, not listening. And Justin was standing six feet away. I was like, is he trying not to catch COVID? What is going on here? I think they really just didn't want to meet. But the producers convinced them that they had to meet. And Alexis is just like, I'm going to be here so I don't get fined. And Justin (laughs) is just filled with rage because he seems really angry about this can't get it up situation. And Um, I think he wanted a reaction and she didn't give it to him. (laughs) I was convinced that they pulled that whole thing like, he really wants to talk to you. She really wants to talk to you just to get them in the same place. Mm -hmm. 
So the first part of the conversation that they show us is Justin saying, you told the whole world I couldn't get an erection, but you left out why, which is expected because you didn't want to embarrass yourself. That got my attention. I'm like, what could it be? <laughs> what could it be? And then she starts to say his, she doesn't even get to speak. She's like, Justin. And he says, shut up. You had your time. No, so Justin. <laughs> oh my God. That was bad, Aid. That was very bad, very rude, very disrespectful. And, and you know, every time Alexis has said that Justin speaks to her crazy, I'm like, well, we're seeing our example of that. This is not the first time. You gotta have a reign over your emotions. Like, it's not even, you're, you're justified in being mad. Nobody wants to be made a fool of, and especially by your wife or someone that you, quote unquote, loved. But to just let yourself keep getting yourself in this situation, you're just coming off the fight with Nate, and then now you're telling a woman publicly, like, shut up? Come on, dude. So in an interview, Justin said that what she said on After Party was wrong and disrespectful. And I was like, the problem is, Justin, is that you are right. <laughs> I mean, should she have gone into... Probably, you might have a point somewhere in this, I guess. I don't know if he's right. But I'm not... As much as I think he was wrong... I think it's justifiable that you can be upset that she said something on After Party that you didn't like. Yeah. So they bicker back and forth about it. For some reason, there's a camera way on the other side of the lake, and they keep on showing shots <laughs> of them way from the other side of the lake, which makes me wonder if anything we were hearing might have been spliced in. Okay. <laughs> so then we get to hear Justin's great reveal of why Alex, of why he could not get an erection. He says that he couldn't get an erection because her pH balance was off. <laughs> and the fact that I can say that sentence without laughing. I, um, <laughs> I mean, he's trying to say like, it's thank, right? I guess. Because I'm like, is that the, like, did they come up with that to say? Like, they were like, you can't be that <laughs> uncouth on TV or crass on TV? Like, what was with the whole pH? I, it was it was very strange. I mean, if you had told me that I would, for the second time in my life, be watching reality television, I was transported back to Danielle and Muhammad. <laughs> for the 90, this man on 90 Day Fiance, Muhammad went on national TV and said that that woman's coochie stink. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, it's happening again. Mm, I don't even know. I mean, his truth, whatever he wants to say. But I'm just like, before you got down to the vicinity, I'm assuming like stuff was happening, you're making out or whatever. You would have an erection before you found out about the pH. So I'm just like, did you have one and you lost it? It just seems like you could not get one. I just, I don't know. I don't know if I'm, I don't know. I maintain that Justin is really shooting himself in the foot with this entire line of conversation because they play the clip for us of exactly what Alexis said. Yeah. And it did not have to be revealed to us that he couldn't get an erection. That was his choice that he made. Yeah. Did not. I mean, yes, it did not manifest itself. She was not in the mood. Maybe something happened. But let's be honest, Aid, at the time when we did the episode, both our interpretation was that. He could not get it up. He just happened to confirm it. Oh, 
Um, Alexis is not Danielle, by the way, because she's just like, okay, what else do you want to say? My head big, my breath stink, my feet big. What do you want to say? <laughs> and she says his insecurities are coming out. Um, and she says, kind of like, I never said everything, you know, yeah. like mm-hmm. I kept it somewhat vague. Then Justin tries to call her a narcissist, but he can't say it. So he's checking with the crew that he's pronouncing <laughs> correctly. And then he comes up with narcissistic, but he's still struggling. He says he's not going to entertain this and that she's sad and he's going to pray for her. I wouldn't, he's really bad at arguing. Really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin calls her fake and says it was wrong of her to talk about him behind his back. I mean... I, I, I'm, I'm that part. I'm a little like, what? Like, you guys do all these interviews. You have to go on after party. It's kind of part of the job description that you're going to talk about each other, not in each other's presence. Yeah. Um. She calls Kristen while she's standing in the park, and she's like, "It's always me looking like the bad guy because I don't want to hurt his feelings." And I'm telling you, the people on the show, going back 15 seasons, everybody is very concerned about how they're gonna look. And I think that they are very, maybe it's editing, but I, I don't think people get a good read while they're in the moment of how things are actually going to look. Yeah. Of all the things that I thought about Alexis, I did think she's going to look like the bad guy because she didn't want to hurt his feelings. <laughs> <laughs> and this is probably what she meant when she says she always has to regulate and it's exhausting having to regulate her feelings and then his feelings. Also, at the same time, can I just say, um, when she calls Kristen and Kristen's like, "Hey, Queen," I just—did you hear that? Um, I'm just gonna do a PSA for our listeners. <laughs> As a black woman, I don't want to be called Queen by anybody. Thank you. <laughs> Is that true of all black women? I don't know, but how's about you? Don't assume. I also don't want to be girl. There's a long list. <laughs> Yeah, that happens to me a lot at work. Like, I see people having conversations. No one says, hey, girl. And then it comes to me and they're like, girl. I'm like, all right. Let's not do that. Do better. Do better. I mean, again, Um, they they have a relationship, though. So might not be the first time and she's fine with it. We're just talking about ourselves. There we go. Um, and Kristen said she explains to Kristen why Justin's mad, which really gives credence to Tane's point that this after party must have like aired like a day ago. <laughs> it's fresh. <laughs> so Kristen says, not to shift focus back to me. Do you think he's still gonna come? Um and keep in mind that he hasn't seen Nate since the reunion. And Alexis says, You haven't seen him since he called you fake either. And Alexis says don't uninvite him because you're contractually obligated to invite him. Uh, Chris, Chris asks how he'll react. And Alexis says that is not her responsibility. And I think that's a great direction, a great direction for her to go in. Yep. All right, guys, we'll be right back with Kristen's party. And we are back. This segment is entitled Kristen's pre-party. I said, what is a pre-party? oh man that is funny a pre-party is four out of the five girls it looks like they're at another winery because lord knows you know 
And Morgan says she's excited to see everyone. And they all sit down. Her, everybody's there but Stasha of the girls. Um, Morgan says that she's going to Spain and Greece for most of the next month. And she's decided to buy a condo. Morgan gives me big, like, I'm doing fine energy. Look at all the big things that I'm doing, even though I couldn't get a marriage to work. Yeah. And it's more like, you thought I wasn't a nurse. I'm making good money. Like, she's just over, what's the word? Overcompensating. Overcompensating. Thank you, Aid. Lindy pipes in and says that they're thinking about buying and they have, but they have a goal and a vision and it was exciting to see the future. I mean, I love going to see a house too. Um, Alexis and Kristen tell them about their double date and they just say it was too soon and they're not settling and they're being authentic. And um, Lindy asks if they see potential, but Kristen says she wants to take her time and not rush. Isn't the whole premise of this thing is that she's moving across the country. <laughs> this yeah. day clearly I mean unless he was just a top tier guy the day was not going anywhere mm-hmm. now Alexis always gives me looks but the wig in the scene was tragic you needed a brush you needed detangling I don't know what was going on but she failed me here okay I, I, I thought it was cute Um, I did think it needed detangling I thought the curly look was what it was going for Alexis says she met with him, with Justin, and it's the usual. It's a warp. No one can confront him. He doesn't receive things well, and he just lashes out. Alexis says she doesn't know if Justin's coming um, to the thing. Yeah, so it's funny that Alexis said that, you know, if Justin comes, that she's going to apologize to him. And then Lindy forever is always like, for what? What are you apologizing for? And she's like, well, you know, for hurting his feelings, for what I said on after party. But I also recognize that what I that if I apologize, I'm also like enabling him and validating his feelings, like how he reacts to things. And the girls back her up and say, yep, you're doing that. That's not a thing about this group. They're not very good at keeping people accountable. They just agree and blow wherever the wind blows. Uh, yes. Um, the guys aren't close, so they don't do it as much, but the women, I feel like it's right as individuals, they're all right. But when they get together, there's a lot of, um, um, it's not good. There's not a lot of accountability. There's not any calling out. There's none of the things that I think true friends do. They just build each other up, which is good and make excuses for each other and never ask them to take a responsibility for anything. Yeah. And I do want to say that I don't, I kind of disagree. I think, yeah, apologize. Like it did hurt his feelings. It was disrespectful. You didn't quite say it, but you tiptoed and you kind of insinuated, but I don't know if it's enabling. I think it's her explanation of how she just wants to not be in the line of fire. So she just wants to keep things nice. That's maybe where she's enabling. As I think back to that after party, I didn't think that Alexis had malintent. She really just was describing what happened. And I think she was trying to not say exactly what happened. The problem is she didn't try hard enough. I think she could easily just have said like, no, it didn't work out. Not that night. And left it at that. But when you go the extra mile to insinuate something, you're like on the edge. I think that's... mm. You're trying to say, I didn't, not touching, not touching, but your hand is all over my face. Exactly. So after that, they go to the house that Kristen's going away party is at. And I feel silly even saying that because <laughs> um, who has an overnight going away party at a house? 
I mean, it's I laughed. It's a reality TV show. <laughs> I laughed when they said, okay, let's go. And then they walked into the house. I was like, okay, maybe the house wasn't ready. It's an Airbnb. <laughs> so they go outside and like see the scenery and stuff for the house. And Kristen takes credit for finding it. And this, I'm just going to be generous and say, maybe she found it and sent it to production and said, is this one okay? <laughs> um, <laughs> Miguel is the first man to arrive. He likes it. I, I, the house looked nice and the house looked expensive. It was not my taste. Was it, is it what they call Spanish style? Yeah, I don't like Spanish style. Yeah, and it was like, and then all the furniture was like that big, heavy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like it. Older Victorian type situation. Yeah. Nate comes next. Stasha and Nate come together next because Stasha wasn't with the other girls before. Um, and Nate says that since their argument, they're putting themselves in each other's shoes. It's not perfect, but they're in a good place and he's excited to party. Every time someone comes in, it's like, yay, so-and-so's here. So Ben is next. Everybody is happy. And then I realize that from here on out, I'm like, I think it's downhill from here. (laughs) (laughs) I I just want to note that Ben has never been happier. This man did not not have a smile on his face the entire two-hour episode. Like, just big smiles all around. Uh, they make Mitch... Mitch comes in, and everybody seems perfectly happy to see him, but they play music that's just a little bit less happy than all the other music they had. Kristen says, oh, daddy's home, to Luna. And Luna, he comes and he greets Luna. And Kristen, I wish she wouldn't. But in an interview, she's like, Luna's getting a good welcome, and it seems like he's more excited to see her than me. I, just give it up. <laughs> I just, I, I, stand up, Kristen, stand up. <laughs> like, come on, just let him go. But she won't, she won't. Why would she let him go? I, I, okay, next. The, the I hate to say, it, I was like the angel of doom. Um, Justin is here and he comes in, he greets everybody pleasantly. And then we see him in an interview and a producer asks him, what was the vibe when you walked in? And he says, it's fake. And I'm like, oh, they're grownups who are just being pleasant to you. Why don't you try being a grownup? The mood did change when he arrived. <laughs> I felt it. <laughs> Whose fault is that, though? And uh, just, my favorite thing about how like this sort of progressed to Justin is everybody's enemy. Was this man not on TV like two weeks ago saying he's the one who hangs out with all the guys? Yeah. And then Nate gave a ridiculous look and was like, I'm not even going to say anything. Let him have his moment. <sighs> um. So everybody tries. Um, Justin says he's glad to be at Kristen's party. He's still in the interview. He wants to say goodbye and be respectful. And Kristen can't say he didn't show up because he did. And I was like, what unnecessary hostility. <laughs> <laughs> So this was just really awkward. Like we've all been there where you're, well, I can't say it's happened often, but you're at a party and someone is just there to bring gloom, doom, and bad vibes. Mm -hmm. So people are playing, Stasha and Nate and Chris and Alexis try to play cornhole and Luna's trying to get into it. And everybody's sort of like gathering outside and Justin is just wandering around in the background all by himself. (laughs) (laughs) And Justin says that he plans to keep to himself. And, you know, despite everything that's happened, I was still surprised that the separation from the group was so obvious. Yeah. 
Like, it, it was one of those things where I was like, they're not playing it up. He really is very separated from the group. But Mitch, who is a good person, comes over and sits next to him, asks him how he's doing. Um, <laughs> then I felt bad for Mitch. Because <laughs> um, Justin tells Mitch that he and Alexis met up and it was good for him, but it was bad for her. I was like, how did this man come to that conclusion? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> he just... He... Mm. I don't know. I really don't. Justin just refuses to grow up. <laughs> he says, if she speaks, I'll speak. And I'm, I grow up. He came into this retreat with a big chip on his shoulder and he is ready to play the role of victim. Victim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and Mitch, his good buddy of friends, sits next to him and just says, you know, um, you know, sometimes taking the high road is good. <laughs> Justin says he recognizes his weaknesses and Mitch says, yeah, it's all good. Mitch is like, I just came over here to be nice. I don't want to go deep with you. I don't want to have deep conversations with you. I just didn't want you to have to sit there by yourself. Yep. Um, so some of the women go inside, Kristen, Alexis, and Stasha. And Alexis says that she's lost her appetite because Justin is there. <laughs> and Kristen says she wants to hang out with him and like be pleasant. And Alexis says that it's never been like this with an ex. Like she's always had pleasant relationships with exes. Kristen asks Stasha how Nate feels about this. And she says he's keeping his distance, but that uh, Nate is owed an apology. Yeah. And in an interview, Stasha says, that she doesn't know if Justin's going to apologize, but she didn't like how he treated Nate or anybody on that stage. Kristen says she can apologize, but they won't be best friends. Says he, I'm sorry, Kristen says he can apologize, but they won't be best friends. <clears throat> Everybody's in the basement playing games. But the song lyric that they used to show Justin sort of wandering around being lonely. <laughs> you guys, you're going to feel lonely. Getting off on pity. I'm not sorry. That's the song lyric. <laughs> Something I noticed from watching Love is Blind, which shares a production company with um, with Married at First Sight, is that if you turn on the captions, they will give you the name of the song. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mitch and Kristen. Okay, sorry. So Mitch and Kristen are next. Uh, she's in the kitchen and he brings her a gift. He says he knows it was her birthday and she's leaving. So she pulls out the card first and she try, like, she reads it, but then she says she asks if she can read it out loud and then she can't read it out loud because she's so emotional. Was that weird or was that just me? Uh, it's Kristen. You can't <laughs> ask me. I already am not like her biggest fan. And I'm just like, what possibly could he say that has so much effect on you? Come on. So then Mitch reads it and it's like everything that we've heard at least five times before. It was a unique experience. There was good times. There was teamwork. You've, uh, she's inspired him to grow and force him out of her, her out of his comfort zone. And he wishes her the best on her new journey and knows she'll find everything she's looking for. I don't know why that was worth crying about. Um, <laughs> he got her a fanny pack. He got her this thing with words of affirmation. I thought that was a risky gift. Um. <laughs> Kristen in an interview says she's appreciative and that they're developing do they're developing a friendship. Um, but that there are lingering feelings because they were husband and wife and it meant something to her and it won't vanish and go away for her. I was like, that's okay. That's okay. 
That was the first guy she ever called her husband. She's allowed to have feelings. <laughs> He's a. It was a nice gesture, and I'm sure Mitch feels better. I mean, guys always have this thing where it's like they just want to be friends with their exes, but I think part of it is to make themselves feel better. Like whatever I did was not that bad. If we're still friends, so it was nice. But like I said, for me, I have pride. Like, even if I'm not going to make it easy for you, I'm not going to show you my tears or I'm going to be like, oh, that was nice. I'm just like, thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> and keep it moving. But, you know, it's Kristen. So. so Kristen thanks Mitch and says there's no ill will or negative feelings and wishes him the best and thinks he's amazing. And he says thanks and he feels the same. So I believe we're supposed to believe that the two of them have some nice, good closure. I hope they do. Yeah. So then these people are partying in the basement. The girls are all together and they toast and they say they're going to celebrate Kristen's birthday properly. And Lindy is wearing her black overalls that we saw many, many a time during the season. It's like every time I see them, sometimes I'm like, I guess that's cute. And then I'm like, no, it's kind of ugly and unflattering. And this was definitely an ugly and unflattering time. I think it's one of those things. The first time I was like, oh, that's cute. That's a casual wear. It's new. But then she wore it over and over again. Again, not saying you can't repeat clothes, but it was just like, okay. It became familiar. <laughs> Alexis goes over to Justin and says she wants to talk. And she says in, in an interview that he's been alone and she doesn't want to be affected by him pouting. <laughs> <laughs> so they go off to the side and he says that he's a little drunk. And she says that she, she apologizes. She says she didn't mean to hurt him. She's sorry that you think that you said... She's sorry for what he thinks that she said. <laughs> Which is very much a cop-out, but it's also the truth. <laughs> she never said it. Um, She says she thought she was being tactful. And he should know that she's trying to look out for him. And she said that he can disagree with that. And then he says they can agree to disagree. Because he doesn't think that she does it intentionally. But she does say some hurtful things. And she's working on that. But sometimes the responses scare her. The reunion in the park, she says she doesn't want to see him fail. She wants him to flourish. And ex-wife to ex-husband, it's not that big of a deal. And she says that they won't be friends, but she doesn't want them to end up on bad terms. Did you think her apology was genuine? Because I did. I think so. I just don't think... A lot of these people are not going to be on speaking terms or should not be on speaking terms. There's too much emphasis placed on being friends afterwards. Like, we had an experience. We shared that experience. Let's move on. I don't think there's a value add to Alexis and Justin being in each other's lives. None. They're going to be toxic to each other, even as friends. And Justin... And Justin doesn't want to be friends because in an interview, he said he heard her apology, but that he takes her apology with a grain and grain of salt. Mm -hmm. And he's working on a better version of himself. So now he knows what he has to do. (laughs) At this point, I noticed that Justin is walking around with a giant bottle of water. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This is before we found out that he was so drunk. (laughs) That it made sense. (laughs) It was huge, huge it bottle was. of water. So I guess in response to that, he knows what he has to do. He goes over to Nate and asks to talk to him. And everybody is watching them. 
this is the worst party ever. And they go off to a corner and sit down. Justin starts with an apology. He says at the reunion, he shouldn't have insinuated that Nate made a pass at him. Now, the first line of this apology, I'm like, what did you say? You did not insinuate, Justin, you said. Why are you throwing in insinuated to give yourself cover? He says that, Justin says that it was the tension and he reacted off emotions and that he does respect Nate. And instead of insinuating that you made a pass at me, I should have come to you man to man. Nate says, I never did anything bad to you. And I was like, uh, there was some stuff during the reunion, maybe. (laughs) But Justin apologizes again and Nate accepts his apology. Then Nate acknowledges that he took his emotions out on him and apologizes for pressuring Justin. And that they both got emotional. I was confused by this. Why? What does Nate mean by apologize for pressuring you? Because he just kept saying, why you unfollow us? Why you unfollow <laughs> us? That's all I want to know. Why did you unfollow us? <laughs> that was the pressure. Oh, and uh, that was a really bad apology, Justin. Insinuating that you made a... Pa- you did not insinuate. That really bothers me. Yeah, and then saying he should have come to him man to man, you'd have come to him to say what? And let's note that at the beginning of this episode, which was within this week, he sat down with Mitch and said he made a pass at me. And doubled down and said he doesn't apologize. Like, he's he still feels that way. So, <sighs> Justin, Justin. I don't know what work, I don't know. I think he enjoys saying that he's working on himself, but I don't know. I have not seen any work. I have not seen any growth. I have not seen anything. (laughs) Um, Nate says he accepts the apology. He says in an interview. Um, He accepts the apology, but he doesn't change the dynamic. He wishes him well, but the damage has been done. Which, like you said, these people need to move on and not speak to each other. Both the couples and these types of relationships. Mm -hmm. Um... Justin says to Nate that he appreciates him listening. And in an interview, in an interview, Justin said that the conversation needed to happen. I, I, I don't, I, well, I guess. <laughs> um, Kristen does like a speech. Get, everybody gathers again together. She thanks everybody for coming and she had a lot of fun. And then Nate creeps up uh, beside, behind Stasha and like scares her. Um, Justin joins the group and says he has to say something. He believes in accountability and he really discovered that he should have known better. And he just talked to Nate and apologizes, apologized. And now he's going to apologize to the group. And he knows that they don't have the greatest relationship, but he learned a lot about himself and he apologizes for any words that might've affected or triggered anybody. Um, and then he does individuals. So he goes to Kristen, apologizes for calling her fake. He apologizes to Morgan for being a dick. He apologizes to Ben. Um, <laughs> he apologizes to Lindy. If you felt like I was vindictive, that wasn't my style. There is no explanation for that. <laughs> None. Something <laughs> happened at that reunion that we did not see. Lindy yeah. thanks him for his apology. He apologizes to Stasha for being disrespectful to her husband. And he doesn't expect forgiveness. Alexis is just sitting in the corner looking pissed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And in an interview, Alexis says she doesn't think his apologies are sincere because he apologized to everybody but her. Yeah. 
I know some people were saying online that he didn't owe her an apology for all the things she said, but he definitely owed her an apology for how he spoke to her when they met up. Like, I understand that you're frustrated, but there's no excuse for you to talk to anyone like that. And the fact that he thinks that he doesn't... I'm just tired of Justin and his growth. <laughs> very, very tired. <sighs> if you had grown, you would not have spoken to Alexis the way you did in the park. And if even if you did, you would have grown enough to apologize for it. And you can't even do that. Yeah. Kristen says we've all made mistakes and we've all grow. And she appreciates him apologizing. And he says... Best of luck in New York. And I was thinking, if he was a real friend, he could leave now so they could party without his negative ass. <laughs> I just wanted to know why he was that drunk. I mean, how would you handle being in a room with a group of people who you don't like and they don't like you? Mm, not show up. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch said, uh, Justin says that he's working on a better version of himself. And Mitch says that he loves him. I don't believe that. And Alexis is just sitting there, pissed off. So they all say goodnight, and then Justin is alone outside. I mean, <laughs> this was very, like, um, what's, oh, shit, what's the name of that show? Narcos. Pablo Escobar. <laughs> Why? He just wanders around being alone. Oh. You know that meme where he's sitting, like, all by himself? Oh, on the bench? <laughs> yes. But can I say something, Aid? Go for it. Historically, maps does not show people smoking including except that one time Derek who they divorced in the honeymoon but did you catch that Justin was smoking outside I did not catch that I saw the smoke rising I'm like nope 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 can't be it I had to rewind and I had to make sure and I'm like I don't know maybe it was a cigarette maybe it was a vape I don't know but there was definitely smoke and I was like oh my god I don't know if they meant for us to catch it but there was definitely smoke so that's what he was doing outside okay that kind of i mean do you think that they played up through editing justin's aloneness or was that real i think that was real i think he went out to smoke and they just kind of made it seem oh is that what you're asking like they're just trying to make it seem like oh poor me i'm outside yes yes yeah probably but i think he just went outside to smoke (laughs) 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 oh so they all say good i think i already said that but they all said good night then Kristen and Alexis are in a bathroom together. I mean, the, the bathroom is huge. <laughs> Kristen says some mm. nonsense mm. about Mitch today, tonight. Mm-mm. Should she have given it time outside of cameras? Mm-mm. Like, I was just like, how many times does this man need to tell you he don't want you? That's just... and, mm. and I take back what I said about these women never speaking uh, truth to each other. Because Alexis very kindly says... This was nice, but it was a short period. <laughs> and Kristen says she wishes it could have worked out. And I'm like, wow. Wow. She really has that don't quit spirit in her. Mm-mm. No. Like, come on. You're moving to New York. You're getting bigger things, bigger jobs. Get rid of the old shit in your closet so you can make space for new things in your life, Kristen. Jeez. Stasha and Nate are in bed, and Stasha says, we had a good week, you know, now that they're cohabitating again. And she says, but, I don't even remember what her butt was, but I was like, this is their whole relationship. You couldn't <laughs> even leave it at, we had a good week. Mm, we still have stuff to work on. Oh, 
Back to Kristen and Alexis in the bathroom. Kristen notes that Justin didn't have an apology for Alexis. So Kristen was like, did he apologize when you guys were one-on-one? And Alexis is like, no, he did not. And Kristen said, since he didn't apologize to you, I question the sincerity of his apology. Alexis says that Justin is manipulative. And I was like, um, you know what? She's right. He is. Yeah. He's not very good at it. I don't think it's intentional. It just comes off that way. It's kind of like when you play victim, you are being manipulative in a way. So you're trying to um, make someone feel guilty, like emotional blackmail. That's his form of manipulation. I just feel like if he had bad relationships with everybody in the group after the reunion, he could have at any time picked up the phone and called Kristen or picked up the phone and called anybody and tried to do some repair work before they all gathered again. But he just came in like a dark cloud, did his apologies. It was just a lot of unnecessary drama. Also, he changed his mind in two days. He doubled down and not taking back what he said about Nate. And all of a sudden he saw the light. I don't know. So everybody goes to bed. The next morning they wake up. Ben is taking clothes out of the cabinet. I said, man, you were there for one night. Why did you put clothes in the cabinet? <laughs> Nate tells Stasha she looks nice. And everyone gathers in the kitchen for Kristen to tell everybody that she's grateful that they came. And they all wish her luck. Um, and everybody does like a little wrap up thing before they leave. So Lindy and Miguel say goodbye. And we hear about how they're lucky, excitement, babies. They're glad this worked out. <laughs> Nate and Stasha leaves. And they talk about how they have a lot of work to do. Um, I guess they're asked if they would do it again. And Nate has the perfect answer when he says he'd do it again to meet her, but not with anybody else. (laughs) Ben, growing, Morgan, something, something. Uh, (laughs) Justin leaves. In his little wrap-up, he says he's happy that he cried. I'm glad someone is. Um... He he and Alexis dap before he leaves. And so Kristen asks, did that really happen? Did did he really just dap you? And she said, no, I dapped him. I was like, okay. <laughs> I don't even know why that matters. She's wearing that fanny pack that he gave her. Aww. Mitch, Mitch gave her. Even though she was giving Justin a weird look <laughs> as he was saying his goodbyes. Mitch leaves. And in his little wrap-up interview, they forgot to turn on the light. <laughs> I was very confused. <laughs> Um, he says he's grateful for the experience and he knows what it's like to have this level of commitment and he would never do this again. And our final couple left is Kristen and Alexis, who I think I believe might be my favorite couple of the season. (laughs) Quality is not high this year. Um, Alexis in her little wrap up interview says that she got life lessons and great friends and a hopeful future. And Kristen says she's off to New York Um, And she's learned about patience and compromise. And as Alexis is walking out of the door of the empty house, she says she feels like Will Smith at the end of Fresh Prince. Oh. And And if you don't know that episode, sorry for you. I'm sorry. Wait, do you know the episode, right? Yes. Oh, okay. (laughs) I thought about it afterwards. I was like, wait. (laughs) Who would not know that episode? But I mean... (laughs) If not the episode, have you not seen the meme? It's very popular. Yeah. Uh, And that was the end, y'all. I will say that right after this, they started playing wedding moments or something. Mm -hmm. And they said there have been 59 couples on maps. And I was like, 59? Oh, that's a lot of couples. 
Sounds about right. All right. You guys, for real this time, that's it for the season. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at AlterCallMAFS. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. We love hearing from you guys on social media. Um, We will be here from now until the next season of MAFS. We have some guests coming. We have some fun episodes that you usually wouldn't hear from us about. So stay tuned. Hit subscribe. Yeah. As usual, we're available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for riding with us this whole season. We hope you will join us for next season, which is starting in January. And like Aid said, we will have fun things. We'll take advantage of the break to talk about other shows that we don't. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify if you're so inclined. And we will see you next week. Bye, Bye guys.